Hey guys, Jose here. I bet you're wondering how I actually listen to episodes of Contentment Creation myself. Well, the great thing is that this podcast, as well as many other podcasts and your favorite songs, they're all available on Amazon Music. Amazon Music houses over 60 million of your favorite songs to stream across any device of your choice, be it your computer, mobile phone, any voice-enabled speakers, and so much more. And the best part is, is that all my listeners can have access to their free at least 30-day trial of Amazon Music today just by going to getamazonmusic.com slash see. That is getamazonmusic.com slash J-O-S-E-C-A-N-U-C. And you too can start streaming away today for your favorite songs and podcasts just like this one. Thank you so much to Amazon for bringing us this program today. All right, everyone, welcome to episode four of Contentment Creation. Jose Gonzalez here. I'm so excited for this upcoming interview. It's someone that I've known for quite some time, making big leaps in the world of content creation, especially on the Twitch side of things, especially now with the new initiative with the American Heart Association and their fundraising team, Heart Live. You might know her as Haley Nick. Haley Baez, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. It has been quite a bit of time since we've gotten to chat, so I'm excited to catch up and see everything that's been going on over the last few years. So Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat too. I know. So, I mean, I mean, let's get right into it. I know uh, even going back to your early days on Twitch, so I, if I remember correctly, you were starting to stream around the same time. Was it while you were at ASU? Or... Yeah, te technically, yes. So I started streaming... Um, while I was in college, but I was also studying abroad at the time. And so I had this two week gap between semesters, the way that the way that the UK works is a little different. They don't really have semesters. They have, I think they're called like trimesters, if I remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, I had a break. And so I came home to America during that break. And um, I, a friend of mine was trying to help me get started with streaming. And at the time I had this really old low quality macbook that could not stream we tried everything we spent hours trying to like run parallels on it i mean this was oh my god <laughs> almost 10 years ago um yeah. and finally he was like you know what i have an old laptop that i don't use anymore let you can borrow it and so he shipped me his laptop and let me borrow it um to try streaming and i brought it back with me to the uk finished out my semester abroad um but yeah that was initially how i got started yeah, that's actually really cool to hear. So I'm curious because I know you do have your degree in journalism. So was it kind of scratching a broadcasting itch you might have had? Or was it just because you grew up loving the game that just kind of felt like you were wanting to share a little bit more of that side of you? It was a little bit of both. I think I got to a point in my journalism degree where I realized just how negative the news world is. And yep. I'm not a very negative person. Just I'm very positive. I'm very outgoing. I, and I recognized throughout my degree, if it bleeds, it leads. Like, that's literally yep. what you're taught. And just watching these different stories on the news, thinking that's what I'm going to be surrounding myself with every day. It was uh, it was hard to really grasp that. And so I ended up actually switching out a broadcast with a focus on magazine writing instead for that reason. And so with streaming, it, it I still love broadcasting. Um, and so I got to enjoy that aspect of it while also bringing in my love of video games, just because I've, I've been a gamer my whole life. Um, it just kind of married both those worlds in a way that just seemed like such a great fit. 
Yeah, I mean, that's awesome to hear, too, because I know having uh, my own background with a journalism degree, too, like even seeing things like watching Spotlight and then within a week of that being a lecture at my class, everything comes out with the Buffalo Diocese and seeing like just how prominent stuff like that really is. So it's kind of like, is this something I really want to involve myself with or will I have mm -hmm. like the emotional like strength to persevere through something like that? But it is uh, definitely a study that I'm glad that I got to uh, use for not only media literacy, but like really get new perspective on things I don't think I would have had otherwise. Yeah, media literacy, that's such a great point. I feel like that's something that a lot of people could probably use a good dose of these days. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We've seen it firsthand in uh, many different scenarios over the yes. years. Yes, media literacy is important. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, you would eventually come back uh, stateside, finish out uh, your college career, and not too long after, I believe, was when you hit partner on Twitch as well, correct? So, yeah, I started streaming in April of 2014, and mm -hmm. then I applied way too many times for partnership. <laughs> denied, denied. I got denied so many times. Um, and then it was after, I want to say Pack South. Yes, it was after Pack South that I applied again. Um, and my viewership was a, a significantly higher. I told my community, like, we're going to, we're going to push for it. I want to push for partner. I've been working so hard for this for nearly a year. And so it was February of the following year. So just shy of a year later that I got my sub button. Nice. And then, I mean, Twitch has changed so much since 2015. So like, obviously at that time, being partnered was really the main way to monetize streaming and everything too. So, I mean, having a community like yours, uh, the Panty Squad, which I, I don't think I've ever asked you like how you ended up deciding on that being the name. That's such a great, I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that. That's a, that's so interesting you bring that up. So it was, uh, it was a viewer who was in my, like literally, I don't even remember his name. It's been so long, but he was a viewer in my community and whenever we would raid people he would just go in and say it was a panty raid and it just oh. like weirdly stuck i don't know why <laughs> um and then it just that became that's what everybody called it it wasn't even really me that yeah. named it that it just sort of was like a community decision i'm like all right <laughs> i guess that's what y'all are called <laughs> yeah i mean if it happens organically and if it's a spongebob reference why not i mean that's there also very true call. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, uh, having that uh, partnership and then seeing a lot more convention stuff, like getting into like Twitch cons and more mm -hmm. PAXs, like, how did it feel knowing like that there are so many people behind uh, just like a screen name and a chat log that you might not have gotten to see otherwise without those uh, interpersonal conventions? Yeah, that was definitely my favorite part of streaming in general, was just being able to know that to some degree, me being live was having an influential impact where people would get to meet each other and would develop these relationships and friendships and you know getting to meet people especially in person it was just there's one thing when you're streaming and there's a number associated with the people watching and it's another thing entirely when that number becomes a person and like mm. to, you, you see their face and you meet them and you talk to them voice to voice face to face it the impact that it has is substantial and to me whenever i stream like people who are there, it's not, they're not just a name and chat. Everybody has their story. And that's, that was always really important to me with streaming is getting to know the people who were in my community and getting to know their lives. Where are you from? Tell me your story. Just because I wanted my stream to feel like a home. Um, but meeting people in person, I mean, there's no replacement for it. It was always so cool getting to like give a hug or take a picture or talk about whatever it is we talked about in chat. Um, it just brings so much more realism to the whole experience. 
Yeah, and I will say, like, especially with uh, watching your streams over the years, like, there has always been a huge focus on community as well. So, like, mm -hmm. seeing anyone come into chat, seeing the people interact within the chat with each other, too, like, the mod squad that you have, like, it yep. really shows, like, you surround yourself with great people, even if it's not physically, but even online, you do try to surround yourself with great people. And Thanks. I know another I great try. person. Yeah, and another great person that I know also had a hand in uh, streaming as well, too. I mean, your husband, Rick, I believe, was also streaming around the time that you started as well. Yeah, he was the one who introduced me to Twitch as a whole. I had mm. no idea what Twitch was um, until he and I started dating, and he came over to my apartment and turned it on his laptop. <laughs> and I was like, what are you watching? And he's like, League of Legends. <laughs> it's like question mark and uh and so then i started to kind of be entered into this whole new world but yeah rick has also streamed uh throughout our life together and um he and i both very much have like a passion for it and it's just a a space that we both spend so much of our time in but yeah it's, it, it's thanks to him that i'm here in the first place i don't know how long it would have taken me to find twitch without him so Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, and I will say, like, obviously Rick is just, like, his personality, I don't know what it is, but it's just, like, he can say the most random thing at the most random time, and it's either very serious or probably the funniest thing you'll ever hear in your life <laughs> with, like, so a little in between. <laughs> so true. So it is uh, cool getting to see that you guys did share your love stories well on Twitch. I believe it was back in uh, 2016 uh, during uh, an anniversary stream where he actually proposed live on stream as well. You know, it's so funny you think about that because I sometimes I look back on my history on Twitch and I just think about how there's... So, I was thinking about this today. It's so funny you bring that up. How so much of my 20s were documented on twitch like my i'm turning 30 in two weeks and oh, wow. i was trying to really think back on the last 10 years and like what i've done with my life and it's such a privilege to look back and know that so much of it was on like recorded documented i get to go back and watch these incredible moments and relive them and including when rick proposed and you know sharing with the world that when i was pregnant with my daughter and like all of those moments are there and so i i feel really lucky that i get to look back on them and relive them but um yeah our I, you're right almost our entire love story has happened in real time <laughs> on our <Yeah>. channels <laughs> and here we are you know years later yeah, I mean, definitely it's been great to see how well things have gone. Obviously, family of four, as it seems right now, homeowners, like, very happily married. But, like, also very curious to know, like, was it harder to be more candid on Twitch? Like, obviously, one being public and a couple like that. But just, mm -hmm. like, there's not so much anonymity when you're live streaming, especially on camera, too. Did it feel like you had to keep a guard up in some senses? Yes and no. I think my guard has gone up a lot more over the years. I think I was... I've always been an open book to some degree. I, I've always been very candid. That's just my personality. I'm a very open, honest person. I, I know that there are some people out there when they stream that they almost have like a, a facade or not a facade, but like a, like a different version of themselves that they portray on their channel. And I just, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> like, yeah. What you see is what you get with me. I, I, that's just how I am. Um, and so it wasn't really until I became mom and started you know, feeling protective of my children and wanting to really consider their privacy. And I don't know, the internet is a great place, but it's also a really scary place. And so exactly. keeping that in mind when raising my family and um, that, that has really been what made me 
finally years into it start to bring up my guard where I'm not posting as much content that especially if it has my kids in it. I'm very particular about the content. I do post that has my kids in it. Um, just thinking of it that way. But, you know, you said it yourself, like there's really not a whole lot of anonymity that goes into streaming, especially once you get to the point where you do build up enough of a community that you like, that you're a partner and you have people who regularly watch you. And so um, I had a couple moments, uh, most of them earlier on that I got a little concerned about it, but I also think I'm really lucky that my community is, and this goes for streamers in general. I think what you put into it is what you get out of it. There's going to be communities that are super wholesome and there are going to be communities that are super toxic. And if you, you get the community that you foster, I think is what I'm trying to get at. And I, I think that my community, I'm sure every streamer says this. I really do think that they're the best. Like everybody that is a part of my chat has always been so cool. Very rarely do we have to even time people out, let alone ban people. It's just a really high quality place to spend time. That, maybe that sounds conceited. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's what I yeah. want to develop. It's like, I, I've always prided myself in having a place that people can come and know that it's going to be a bunch of really cool down to earth people versus a chat that might be really chaotic. Like there's a time and place for that. There's other streams that have that, but yeah, you know, I just feel that my community, I haven't really had to worry about that nearly as much as some other people might've. Yeah, definitely. And I will say it also speaks to the fact that your community was able to evolve as your content evolved, too. So, like, whether it would be, like, back in the early days where it's, like, a lot of League and first-person shooters to, like, getting more mm-hmm. into, like, the casual Animal Crossing side of things, more parent content, and even uh, yeah. when you were doing uh, coverage of the 2020 elections as well, too. So, yeah, you're so I feel real. That's probably one of the things that I feel luckiest about is that my community has been so flexible with my content. I think there's an argument for my content evolving more than a lot of other streamers have between (laughs) what I used to broadcast to like really truly going from one side of the spectrum to the other, as far as um, just what I would broadcast and the fact that my community has kind of stuck through it. And that's not to say that all of them have like people move on, mm-hmm. people try different things, yeah. but I really feel like most of the people who watch my stream have kind of grown with me. And so, you know, people who subscribe a lot of times, those resubs are like 80 plus months. And so there are people who have been with me for that long and we do the math, like, let's just do it. Really I mean, quick. What's, what's 80 divided what's, by 12. That's about what? Six and a half, is? six and a half years. Right. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Well, I was a completely different person six and a half years ago compared to who I am now. So I feel lucky that, um, all those people that do still follow my channel have been with me for so long and, and gone through all the changes with me. Yeah, and I do think that does speak volumes to the fact that it feels like a lot of uh, what your community stands for is more so personality-driven, not necessarily about the content, because I think they can have a good time with almost anything, or at least be respectful of whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, the fact that you were able to do live coverage of the 2020 elections amidst everything that was going on in the U.S., amidst, like, Black Lives Matter stuff, the women's marches, like, having such a tolerant community that wasn't afraid to, like, have those hard discussions and really try to listen and learn something from it speaks to the fact that you oriented such a a great group of people that support you in that way thank you i'm really lucky and i I love the words you just used right now tolerant and respectful those are two words that i feel don't get used very often to describe twitch chat and yet i agree i think those are great choices to describe my community 
Yeah, and I will say they also have been very good about supporting many different causes over the years. I know you've done mm-hmm. so much with charity, even before what you're doing now with the American Heart Association. I know one uh, event that came to mind was when you were doing a limo stream many years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was like maybe 2017, and you were able mm-hmm. to raise over $10,000 at that time, too, for a cause that was very near and dear to you, being quite the Potterhead yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when when we talk about the highlights from my streaming career that is one that i always go to the fact that my community came together and supported in such a way that we managed to raise five figures in a single stream i I still think about that and get completely blown away by it and and that's not me that's on the people who are watching like that's I, i just i still think about that all the time and think i can't believe that we did that like that's that's just incredible and yeah that was one of the causes that we did i i think the first charity stream i ever did was actually for susan g komen for breast cancer awareness and that was in i think that was maybe my third stream ever (laughs) it was oh wow very early on yeah and um i had lost one of my family members to breast cancer years before it had been a while but that was like the first cause that i thought of when i wanted to do a charity stream and we raised a little over a thousand dollars in that first stream and i remember getting the bug right off the bat i'm like this is awesome i love this i love the power of community in this sense where we can all come together and support a great mission um so yeah the charity streams have have always been a really big part of my career yeah, I will say it also shows like there's so much more to be done with a lot of things in the world. So like seeing people come together when something is truly needed, it's it's amazing what can happen. And also getting to see some of the other stuff you've done away from your desk in regards to fundraising, uh, especially hosting uh, some Red Nose Day coverage as well on Twitch. And I believe there was a Jack Black that was might have been involved in that as well. Yeah, that was another really cool experience. Just I think... One of the one of my favorite parts of being a streamer is that I've gotten the opportunity to kind of test the waters all over the place. Like I've I've had the opportunity to, you know, be a streamer, but also do some hosting and now kind of do some behind the scenes work. I I, I've got, I feel lucky that I've gotten to like dabble in it all kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, that was a fun event, the Red Nose Day event. That was really fun. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a good sense of camaraderie. I think it was, like, right as Twitch things was happening, too. So, like, everyone's just, like, very gung-ho, oh, looking forward things. to, like... I, I miss it so much. Trust in I miss it so much! Why they did they get rid it of back. it? <laughs> that was so fun. Uh, that was, like, the highlight of... Was it 2020? That was going on in 2019? Like... 2019. So, somewhere around there. God. I mean, COVID has thrown off my sense of time. What can I, say? I know. But, it's like the last two years didn't even happen. So weird. I know. It's crazy. This episode of Content with Creation is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Company. Grinding Coffee is a black LGBTQIA owned online coffee shop dedicated to fueling gamers and creators alike with their specialty coffees. They're based out of Georgia, shipped nationwide in the United States, and a portion of each purchase benefits the Coffee Trust, making donations to the farmers where their coffee is ethically sourced and roasted to order. To try Grinding Coffee today, head over to grindingcoffee.co and use code JOSE for 10% off your purchase of some fabulously gay coffee. That is code J-O-S-E at grindingcoffee.co. I mean, obviously, you've seen your content change over the years on different platforms as well. It might have yeah. gone viral a couple times. One more innocent than the other. <laughs> I think the first one that I thought of was uh, that one TwitchCon where there was an Overwatch event. 
Where, uh, <laughs> for those that really know, uh, it was a nice, uh, friendly streamer game of Overwatch where I think, um, was it Rihanna was doing uh, side interviews where she was trying to get your thoughts going into the next round and you were just laser focused I didn't on the game. Know. I didn't know. Well, that's the thing is that she, she had thought that we were between games <laughs> and we weren't. It was just around. And so yeah. at that point, it was on stage at TwitchCon. And um, yeah, it was the Overwatch event. And we were, I was, I was ready. I'm there with my team. I'm ready to carry. Mm -hmm. Like I am yep. zoned in. And apparently she walked up next to me and I, I didn't know this until after, until I looked at my phone and Rick actually from the audience texted me and it was like, uh, Jess Brohard tried to interview you and you completely snubbed her. <laughs> Wait, when? And then afterwards, of course, the clip comes out and I'm like, oh my God. But she, yeah, she tried to come up to me and was like, how are you feeling after that win? And I just, yep. I didn't even see her. So luckily she and I are friends now. We, we chat here and there. She's yeah. great. But yeah, I definitely, my bad. <laughs> and no shell shock from hearing enemy tear to head, I hope. Oh, I'll never get over that. Every time I hear it, it's like PTSD. <laughs> I mean, there are worse things to go viral for. And I mean, uh, one that happened, especially regarding Hunt, was the way that you announced your pregnancy to Rick, which I thought was probably one of the coolest things. I would have never known that that's even a way that you can announce a pregnancy. But seeing it go, like, do millions of views on TikTok, especially where, like, anything can run on TikTok, but seeing something yeah. so wholesome and, like, actually close to home like that. It was, it was a really surreal experience just because I, I had a feeling like, so to backtrack, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I, she was a complete surprise. And so I found out with Rick when I was pregnant. So I didn't get the chance to tell him. Um, it was more just the overall shock and panic of, oh my God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And we just kind of figured that out. But then I knew with our second baby, which was, he was intentional. Um, I wanted to surprise, I wanted to be able to tell him somehow. And so, um, I, we had been trying for a while and I, for some reason I was like, whatever I decide to do, however I want to tell him, I need to make sure that I have whatever I need to use to tell him. And so I was on Pinterest and I saw this idea for scratch off cards to tell your significant other that you were pregnant. And it was, it was literally just a picture of a scratch off. And it, when you scratch it off, it said, we're having a baby. Um, and so I looked on Amazon and I saw them for like $12 for a five pack sold, bought it. Um, and those got there after I ordered them. And it was literally the next day that I got my positive test that like, after oh, we've wow. been trying for nearly a year. And so meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, no freaking way. What are the odds? I just, these just got here. Um, and so I, I, I was like, okay, I need to set up my camera. I need to make sure I'm recording. I want to get this moment. And so I, I set up my phone kind of like hidden on the table where he couldn't see it and set it all up and told him I just had these scratch offs. I totally forgot. I bought forever ago. Like, let's scratch them off. Like who knows? Um, yeah. And his reaction was so pure. Like I, I had found out literally 30 minutes before I told him. And uh, because he knew how, I mean, we'd been trying for 10 cycles and we were looking into fertility treatments. It was a whole thing. And so he, we'd been trying so, so hard um, that he knew what it meant to me on top of, you know, oh my God, finally, we're finally, she's finally pregnant. Yeah. Um, and so to capture that moment, I was just so happy to have it for myself. But then I, I realized as I started telling friends and family, every time I told them it was followed with, 
want to see Rick's reaction. <laughs> and I would send them the video. <laughs> and uh, it was actually one of my mods. It was Charlie who she saw that video and she was like, oh, if you post that, that's totally going viral. And um, and it did. I, I yeah. literally had one video, I think, maybe two on TikTok before I posted that. Yeah. And I posted it. I went to a spin class um, and I checked my phone after and it was my friend and she was like you should probably start replying to people and i was like what are you talking about and she's like on tiktok and i was like is it getting a lot of views or something and she's like have you not looked at your phone and i go in and, I, and it had been live for i don't know maybe two hours and it had like seventy thousand views oh my gosh and i was like Oh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it just, it, it just escalated. It got, it got picked up. It's Twitter started going faster and then it got picked up by people magazine. And then I got picked up by the today show. And I, I was like, oh my God, now this company in Germany is asking to interview us. It was very surreal. It was very odd, but also like what a cool moment now that when Hunt is old enough, we can share that with him and be like the whole world knew we were pregnant with you and knew how excited we were that you were coming like that. That's just something that's something so special. So um, yeah, it was weird. It was very yeah. weird, but it was also really cool. No, I'm glad that you got to have that experience too, especially like, I mean, Hazel, it, like when, when everyone found out you were pregnant with Hazel, it was like, everyone stopped there doing like, it be, kind of became Twitch's baby in a sense. And like, oh, yeah. transition, like into motherhood, like the baby shower streams that you did. And then like, obviously when she was here, like everyone was just welcome with open arms and like seeing her grow, see her have her little birthday parties on Twitch. Did it feel like... Yeah there was ever like a hesitation about what to do once you were transitioning into motherhood while also trying to balance the streaming life. It was really hard. It was a really, it was a really challenging experience to figure out that balance. And I don't know that I ever did. If I'm going to be totally honest with you, I think yeah. with, with Hazel, it wasn't until she was in childcare, which I had a hard time putting her in because I dealt with my own issues of thinking, oh, I work from home. I should just be able to take care of her at home, right? Like I shouldn't need childcare. I can work and take care of her at the same time. And then that reality set in and it's like, well, actually to be a streamer, you need to sit at your desk for like six hours and your baby kind of needs attention. So how's that going to work? Um, and so I just tried to do everything for that first year. And when I put her in childcare, that was when I was like, okay, I can actually sit down and stream for six to eight hours uninterrupted and not worry about it. And so I was able to kind of keep the traction going with my channel and continue doing it. But the anxiety that was associated with it was so real. Like the thing about streaming is when you're not live, you're not making money. And that's yep. just the case, right? Like people can't cheer. They can't subscribe to you. They can't, you know, tip you. None of that can happen unless you're streaming. And so compared to traditional full-time jobs where you might get maternity leave or you get, you know, a paycheck if you take PTO or something like that. Twitch doesn't really offer that. They don't offer that. Um, and so it was hard to recover after that initial year with Hazel. And so when Hunt came around, um, I don't know. I, I, I knew what to expect. And I knew taking time off when he was born was going to hurt my channel. Um, but at the same time, you know, Hazel was in full-time childcare at that point. Like we felt a little better about it. I'd done it before. And it wasn't until he was around 
gosh, how old was he? He was probably four or five months old that I realized that I, I really needed consistency in my life and I needed balance. And throughout Hazel's four years of life with streaming and how much goes into it and how challenging it is, I could never really find that balance and feel good about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of where I decided, okay, maybe it's time to look for something different. Yeah, I mean, obviously you do still have a presence on Twitch, but now it's really back on your own terms. It's not necessarily something where you feel like it's not so much the actual like task of streaming like it's a job again. It actually feels like it's something you want to do again. And it's the best. It's so nice to be able to start my stream and just have fun and play what I like the other day. I I started my stream. I hadn't streamed in like a month or two. And Disney Dreamlight Valley came out and I was like, this game looks like so much fun. <laughs> I want to play this game. And so I started playing it and I got sucked in and I'm like, I haven't streamed in so long. Like I should just, I have, I have some time in my day. I don't have any meetings. I should just go live for a few hours and hang out and just catch up with everyone. Um, and I did, and it was so nice. It was so just organic and fun and wholesome. And it was just great to catch up with everybody and not feel the pressure of viewership and not worry about my sub count and just be live because I want it to be. And there's something to be said for that. I think that when you make streaming your full-time job, it takes away a lot of the joy that you initially started with of being able to build the community and just have, have fun and be able to focus on that aspect. When you have to worry about it as your career and your mm -hmm. income, it puts this whole other layer of pressure on you. Um, and that was hard. That was, that was really hard for me. And so now that it's not my full-time income anymore, it's like, I can, like I can exhale and do it because I love it. And it's been nice to get back to that state. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely like relate to wanting to like, just rid yourself of burnout and really try to like take three steps back, think about what you absolutely need versus what you want out of something and really trying to navigate and get yourself where you need to go again. So it's been really good to see that you're able to enjoy doing that on your own terms again, too. Yeah, it feels so, good. Yeah. And then obviously like nowadays Twitch is like a whole different beast with so many different other platforms really like trying to become more competition. Obviously more creators have to start diversifying what they're doing. I mean, did you ever imagine that content creation on Twitch would have to become something where it's no longer just about Twitch? Like it, you kind of have to be doing a TikTok or you have to post on YouTube or like mm -hmm. you really have to have a strong social media presence. Did you ever think it was going to come to seeing that from when you first signed on? When I first signed on, I don't think so. I think when I first signed on, I got lucky in the sense that Twitch was not nearly as saturated as it is now. And so discoverability mm -hmm. was a lot more doable. It was just, you know, but even even then, like, I feel like the, the creators who were really big on Twitch came from YouTube or came from somewhere else where they'd already established a following in a community. Um and so, like, I originally grew my community based on, like, making those connections with other creators who are already successful. And so, like, I'll fully credit that. I, I got very lucky in that the friends that I, like, really got to know in my initial start all invited me to play games. And my community grew kind of based on that. Um, and, and so I think there's always been a piece of it that's like, eh, how how easy is it really to grow on Twitch? And then... Once these other platforms started popping up that really showed what an algorithm can do, if you will, mm -hmm. like I, I was actually listening to a Twitter circle last night um, with a bunch of former Twitch staff and um, 
just creators in the space talking about the difference between Twitch and these other social media platforms. And they made such a great example. Like when you go to Twitter, for example, mm-hmm. I can scroll for 10 seconds and see content from 30 different creators, like in that 10 seconds. If I go on TikTok, I can scroll for 10 minutes and easily consume seven or eight videos from seven or eight different creators. Right. Like YouTube, if I go watch a YouTube video, there's going to be a bunch of other recommended videos right next to it that I can click and watch. Twitch, most of the people, when they go to watch a Twitch stream, don't just start at twitch.tv. They don't go to browse and scroll through the directory. Most people, when they go to Twitch, type in the hyperlink as a channel they're visiting. So twitch.tv slash Jose, can you see? Like that's where they go versus twitch.tv. And so and then when they're done, most of the people will just click off that stream. Or if they get if they raid somebody else, they might hang out on that stream for a little bit. But that's kind of it. And so it doesn't surprise me that it's gotten to this point. But I think you bring up such a good point. And it's that you cannot, I don't think you have, there's any real realistic world where people can start a Twitch stream and grow and be huge without having a presence on other content creation channels like it's just it's it's not the likelihood of it is extremely minimal in my opinion but that's where we are yeah i mean it's crazy to see just like how much has changed in the last year obviously a lot of partners are migrating to other platforms twitch has been uh the topic of discussion for many different things over the last Mm -hmm. few weeks so kind of seeing how everything's gonna go into twitchcon this coming year seeing what comes of that really seeing like the steps they want to take to continue evolving the platform and really try to show that this is the premier platform for live streaming. And especially, I think the thing that did help them a little bit was they are trying to focus on all different kinds of creatives now where they're starting to really realize we're more than just gaming, which is like why we saw the boom of just chatting, why we're seeing a Mm -hmm. lot of cooking, a lot of talk shows. I mean, it really is trying to cater to such a bigger audience, but there's still plenty of work to be done for sure. There's a lot of work to be done, and it's so interesting thinking back on, I remember a time when you would be streaming on Twitch, and if you did not have gameplay up, you would get in trouble. Like, you couldn't be full screen. People would for your content. If, yes, it's crazy. Yeah. And now, like, now just chatting is, like, the biggest section on Twitch. And so um, it's definitely been interesting to watch Twitch evolve over the last, really the last, like, five years, I would say. Definitely, for sure. I mean, obviously, it still does have quite a big live streaming presence. There's a lot of with uh, what's going on now with uh, what you're doing at the American Heart Association. So how did it come aboard uh, for you to really help with uh, rebranding and uh, reinvigorating uh, their live stream initiative for fundraising? Yeah, so I was initially very casually looking outside at other opportunities. It wasn't anything super serious. Um, But a friend of mine had posted on one of her pages that she she's a she's a streamer friend um that she was interviewing for a position and it wasn't the position i got it was a different one but i reached out to her and i was like hey tell me what tell me what you're interviewing for like i'm kind of testing the waters too um and she was like it's a job with american Heart association and she told me a little bit about it and she was like they actually have this other position that you should really think about and so she sent it to me and uh, it terrified me. <laughs> it was just like reading the description. I was super, it was just very intimidating. But as I read it, I also was like, 
I can do this. Like I have all of these qualifications. I could totally do this. And so I thought, why not? Um, and so I put together my resume, I applied and, um, I got a request for an interview a few days later and I basically, I joke that I basically annoyed my boss until she gave me the job. (laughs) It was was a long process. (laughs) I I had to interview for four months until finally. Yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't easy, but I'm glad because like one thing I will say about the AHA is they do a really great job of hiring good people. Like all the people that I work with, they, they're all just incredibly talented, driven, focused, impressive people. And that was one of the things that made me want the job even more was during the interview process. I was interviewing with all these women and all of them were just had these qualities that were so impressive to me. And I thought to myself, I I want to be one of these women. I, I want to, I want to rise to their level. I want to join this. Um, I think there's a, there's a saying that's you're a product of your environment. You're a product of the five people you spend the most time with. And even just in those conversations and my interviews, I knew I wanted it um, outside of the job responsibilities, just, just to be involved in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I was brought on formal, so the live stream program had formerly been known as revive, which I thought was such a cool name. It was their, it was their gaming initiative that mm-hmm. um similar to saying you'd play live or extra life yeah and i was so sad when they told me they're rebranding i'm like why revive is such a great name um and they said you know we we want to do more than just gaming like we gaming has there's so much potential but live streaming is more than just gaming and they're right live streaming mm-hmm. it's just like we said it's just chatting it's it's fitness it's painting it's music it's everything and anything and so um creating something that was inclusive of all of that content made so much sense to me and so um they were right at the beginning of the rebrand process and um i was brought into that meeting the very first one where we were trying to figure out who we wanted to be in this space um and i think my vision for for live really was i wanted to be your best friend in the charity world. I wanted to be the cool little sibling of the AHA. I wanted to be like, whether you're fundraising for us or whether you're donating to a, a fundraiser or watch, just even just watching, I want everyone to have the same positive and impactful experience where they walk away and think that was so much fun to be a part of. I can't wait to do it again. And so that, and, and also it's just the mission as a whole is so important. I feel like so many people think about heart disease as something that you don't have to worry about until you're older. And that's just not true. Um, you know, it's the number one killer worldwide followed by stroke. And both of, both of those are the biggest parts of our mission. And so being in a position where I can help spread the word of how important it is to know these things and know the risk that you may or may not be aware of all of that, um, put together is just, it's, it's really, um, humbling to be in a position where I can help be a part of something that big. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, already people are starting to really uh, vouch for HeartLive having some success already with certain streamers going on. I know myself, uh, this is actually an announcement for people that don't know, uh, September 26th through the 29th, I'm going to have four nights in a row streaming for HeartLive, joining their Fall Guys Crown Challenge. So if you guys want to be a part of that, you obviously come to my Twitch, and we will be uh, playing Fall Guys all four nights. There are going to be many different interactive ways uh, to contribute to the stream as well. Who knows what could happen during the game play but i am so excited to be part of uh, this mission going forward too so definitely a cause very near and dear to uh, my family having such a history with both heart disease and strokes so i'm excited to uh, do what i can for the cause thank you thank you for for doing that and considering it it's always just a I use the word humbling because it, it, it really does mean so much to me just to see everybody kind of recognize the power behind this and how important the mission is. And that's when it, when it's all said and done, I can make this brand whatever I want it to be. But what really matters is the work that we're doing in this space. And that's the whole point of being, you know, whatever brand we want to be is to get people aware of the mission and how important it is and to support this life-saving mission with funds and to be able to put in the research so that way we can hopefully eradicate heart disease and stroke once and for all it's a big mission but that's that's the dream <laughs> absolutely and then more on the personal side of things obviously what you're doing now is kind of a traditional workforce even though you're really working on an untraditional medium how's it mm -hmm. been finding that balance again to really uh, kind of see uh, what a typical day-to-day -day is from uh, the world that you were in for so long it's so much better. <laughs> like, it's so much better. And I think like I, that doesn't go for everybody, right? That's just my own personal experience in that I personally always struggled with feeling like I had to do everything. I had to be able to do it all. I had to be able to be a work from home mom that could also be a successful streamer that could also take care of my house. That could, all, I almost, I almost feel like I lost a sense of my own identity at, mm. before I started this job because I was Haley Nick and mm -hmm. I was also Hazel and Hunt's mom and I was also Rick's wife, but like, who was Haley? I kind of lost a lot yeah. of myself in that because I was so focused on all these other parts of myself. Um, and so this really put me in a position where I could aspire to something really big, where I could get excited about something and almost prove to myself what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. And I've really felt myself rise to that occasion and i feel like i this has just been a whole new challenge for me that has gotten me really excited to know that i am capable of doing something like this and being a part of something this big and you know i feel like every moment before this with being a streamer has prepared me for this and so um i wouldn't be here without those experiences for sure but i think that it's certainly been nice to be able to turn my brain off at the end of the day and focus on my family and focus on reading a book or whatever I want and not have the constant anxiety of being Haley Nick. And so now I can be Haley Nick whenever I want. Like if I want to go live yeah. really quick or if I want to post a casual TikTok video or if I want to tweet about something, I can do that. But it's not dependent on like it, my career isn't dependent on that anymore. I can do it because I love it. Um, and so that stability that it's given me for, especially for my family, that's really been the biggest thing where I don't have that constant anxiety of, do I have to be live right now? Do I need to be posting something? Have I yeah. posted something on Instagram in, in the last week? Like now all I post about is my kids. <laughs> <laughs> if I go to my Instagram, it's literally just pictures of my kids. And it's like, well, <laughs> like 
Sorry, guys. So uh, it's been a really healthy transition. That's the word that I would use to describe it. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of power being able to just turn off at the end of the day. And I think that does get lost in the constant day and age of needing to be wired 24-7. Like, the need and the constant search for something to do, something to pick up. I should be doing this. So, like, Mm -hmm. really having a good separation does help, especially with the mental health side of things. And especially being a parent. Like, my kids, when you have babies they're your priority period like mm-hmm. i can't say sorry hazel and hun i'm gonna go stream for six hours while you guys sit there like i can't do that and i think your your priorities just shift in general when you're a parent mm-hmm. and it all of it just kind of felt like a it felt like a really organic transition for me what felt right i was ready it was the right decision for my family. I was ready mentally for sure. Mental health is such a big part of it. And I didn't even really realize how badly I was struggling with my anxiety until I transitioned out of content creation and didn't have to worry about it anymore. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like this is what it's supposed to feel like. I had no idea. That and, and getting on antidepressants. Those were the two well, things yeah. that like <laughs> for sure helped me. Um But yeah, I I think mental health is so important and, you know, being able to recognize what that change did for me mentally was huge. I'm so much happier now. Good. And I'm glad it definitely reflects with like the way you carry yourself. Like you can tell that things are going great and I'm excited for everything that you have going on too. So kind of getting into uh, the tail end of things. I mean, what is something, so let's go all the way back to 2013, 2014. If you were to tell Haley then everything that you've gotten to do so far, even especially transitioning out of content creation, what do you think she would say? Oh man. I don't know. I I think 2013 Haley compared to 2022 Haley is a very different person. And I think my goals, um, when I first started streaming were so different from my goals. I mean, I always knew I wanted a family. Like that was always on my radar. I knew I I wanted to do that. That was going to be a part of my life for sure. Um, but it wasn't really until that phase started happening again, surprisingly Hazel was not planned. Um, but I realized just how important it was to me and how excited I got over it. And so, um, looking at the last 10 years and thinking, okay, this is what your career is going to evolve into. I think that would be, I think I'd feel pretty, I don't don't think I ever would have seen it panning out this way. I really don't. I I think I would have been pretty thrown by it, especially just because, um, you know, I think the big question for a lot of creators is what is life after content creation? And a lot of people don't really have an answer to that. Like, are you going to be a streamer until you're 50 or 60? Probably not. Right. And unless you're in that top 1%, if you're, you know, an XQC or a Valkyrie or a Ninja, like you can't just quit when you're 29 and say, okay, bye, I'm retired. Like it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, And so I think the biggest relief is just knowing that as streamers, there is absolutely a skill set that comes with what you do. I think there is this weird stereotype, if that's the right word, or 
where you think, oh, you're a streamer, you don't actually have any skills. Like, that's actually the biggest BS I've ever heard in my life. Like, as a streamer, you yeah. are running your own show, you're your own social media manager, you are own production company, you are the host, you are the entertainment, you're all of it. Like, you do all, you are a one-person show, and that takes a lot. And so being able to recognize that understanding that space, like, opens doors for opportunities like what I'm doing is exciting for other people too. just to know like there is opportunity for you. You don't have to just start from square one and think you don't have skills. Like you, you can absolutely take those and harness them and put them into a full fledged career if that's what you want. Um, so that's been, it's just felt really good knowing that I've I don't know. I think 2013 Haley would kind of laugh knowing where I'm at now, just because this is not, I never expected to go the corporate side of things ever. Um, that was really my dad. He, he was always like Mr. Corporate America. Um, and I never saw myself going that direction. And now I actually had this conversation with Rick. Maybe it might've even been yesterday. I was like, it's actually kind of cool that I'm sort of following in my dad's footsteps in this way. I bet he, <laughs> I bet a little part of him actually really loves that. <laughs> I yeah. think he probably likes that. Um, so yeah, it's felt really good and lots of big things are coming. Um, you know, with TwitchCon, are you going to TwitchCon? I don't know if I asked you this. Not this year. I have other travel planned for, uh, October, other for yeah. months, but who knows? maybe so, 2023, you never maybe, know. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be at yeah. TwitchCon this year. We're doing an escape room as our booth, which I think is so oh. cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, there's a lot of really big things on the horizon for, for just everything the AHA is doing in live stream. So mm. it's exciting. This is just the beginning. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. And then kind of as a ending uh, note here, have you, what would you say to anyone that's even remotely considering really trying to take a deep dive into creation as whether it's an avenue of expression or just something that they want to kind of make a name for themselves in? Do it because you love it. Don't, don't do it because you feel like that's the cool thing to do. Do it because you genuinely enjoy making content. If you get to a point where you don't enjoy it, I think people will witness that. And, you know, social media is, is it's the future. Like it's, it's the present, it's the future. It's where everybody is. Um, but I, I say, if there's any interest, go for it. I mean, just with my viral video with Rick, it shows how easy it is to blow up on TikTok. Like that takes one, takes one video. That's it. Um, and there's so much to be gained from it. I, there's no part of me that regrets any minute I spent being Haley Nick. Like, I, I, it is, it has been some of, I've had some of the best times of my life with my career in streaming. Um, every time I think about it, anytime anybody talks about streaming or Twitch, I get so excited whenever I get to share that that's been such a huge part of my life. Um so I have nothing but good things to say about content creation. I think if you can, if you can make it work and you can dedicate the time to it and it's something that you're interested in as whether it's creative expression or just whatever, it, if you enjoy it, go for it. You'll never know unless you try. Good. I'm so glad we got to catch up with this. Really getting to get your perspective on everything, seeing both sides of both being in creation and kind of navigating a world outside of it while still having such a presence in it. It's been tremendous getting to see how much is going on and even seeing what else is yet to come with uh, what you're doing now with Heart Live. So where can Thank people you. find you to kind of see where everything is happening now? Yeah, you can still find me on my social handles at Haley Nick. I, I do, I do still post there. I promise. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, if you want to support what we're doing at the American Heart Association, you can follow us at Heart underscore Live with two eyes. Um, yeah, and keep your eyes peeled. We've got lots of fun stuff coming. 
Good. I'm excited. I can't wait for next week. Uh, if, again, if anyone wants to participate with me, twitch.tv slash Jose, can you see? Make sure they're keeping up with the podcast here on Twitter at Con with Creation. Find all my socials at the Jose, can you see? And I will see you guys next week. Take care. Thanks. See you.